Well, good morning and welcome. I want to thank you for following us online. Um, in light of all the negative news that we've received this week, I just wanted to, I told our, our team that I wanted to take just a moment and, um, and celebrate our Share the Love initiative over the last few weeks. We have been in the community. We have been um, talking to people and, people and loving people. And over the last month, we have had 75, 70, over 76 volunteers that have uh, been a part of Share the Love. We had eight life groups that joined us. We were able to reach uh, 33 local businesses. Uh, please continue to pray for our local businesses. If you can support them in any way, please do so. They're, they're struggling right now, and, and it's, it's vital that we pray for them. Uh, of those 33 28 of them were new, so we were able to build new relationships with our local businesses. And these are people that we, we, were, um, we loved on, we cared for them, we ministered to them. Uh, all together, in total, 382 people that we prayed for, that we, I mean, we had no idea what was going to happen with, with the virus and everything, and we were loving people right before all of this was happening. And so I just want to say thank you, church. Uh, thank you, LifePoint, for uh, being who you are, for sharing the gospel. And, um, you know, I was doing the math. That's, that's about 300 man hours that we pour into our community. And I tell you, church, I am so proud of you. Uh, I, I am uh, so thankful for you. And, um, you know, I believe that our church is showing people God's love in tangible ways, in real ways. We're not just playing church. We're actually the church of Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, I want to share something with you. Um, if you would turn to Second Chronicles chapter 20, Second Chronicles chapter 20. Uh, over the last few days, we've all been glued to the TV. We've been watching the news. We've been, we, we know that most of us are going to be affected by the developments of, uh, regarding the, the, the coronavirus. And, and I believe that God has given me a message that I want to share with you. I believe that He's given me uh, a message for such a time as this. And, and, um, it's found in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Second Chronicles chapter 20. One of the things that I was thinking about is none of this has taken God by surprise. Like he knew that all of this was going to happen and he, he's still on the throne and he still loves you and he's going to continue to take care of you. And I know that we're living in crazy times, uncertain times. I mean, Monday, I think it was Monday, the stock market, we had like the second worst day in, this, in, the, in, the, in the history of the stock market. Um, they, uh, the federal government asked groups of more than, than 10 not to gather. And so with all the craziness that's going on, I want you to know this. Our church is strong. You've heard me say this. Our, our vision at LifePoint, we, we, we don't want to build buildings. We want to build people. It's all about people. I believe I said it on, on Tuesday. I put out a video on Tuesday, and in case you missed it, um, we are the church of Jesus Christ. We are a movement. We are, we're a body. It's the word ecclesia. It's, it's a, a movement of people. And I want you to know that we are fully alive. We are, um, we're an unstoppable force for good. 
That's what we are. And so while our buildings may be closed, I want you to know that our church is more alive than ever. And so we're, we may not be going to church, but we're going to be the church. And here's my hope. Over the next few days, for however long it lasts, my hope is that we would lean hard into God. This is not a time to rely on our own strength. This is not a time to, to this is not, we're not taking a break from church. This is a time to seek God and to lean in. You, you heard me say, say this the other day, a scared world needs a fearless church. You hear me? A scared world needs a fearless church. So, so this is a time, this is kind of my hope, this is a time for us to come together in our homes and worship. It, this is a time where I would hope we would get, gather our families and our worship would bring us together in our living rooms, in front of the TV, in front of, you know, you should see the setup that I have here. I, have, I had to ask my kids for to borrow their cell phones because I'm, you know, I was on a cruise a week ago or about eight days ago or so, something like that. And so I'm, I'm trying to stay away from people. I don't want to, you know, if, if I don't think I have the virus, but if I do have it, you know, I don't want to give it to any, anyone else. Um, but I, I want you to take this time. And my hope is that you would, that this would be an excuse for you to bring your families together and to worship the Lord together as a family. This should not be a time where, where someone's cooking or somebody's doing the dishes or someone's, you know, fooling around. It's make, make this time a special moment. Make, make it a, a special occasion. The other day I was on, on Instagram and I, I read this quote. It says this, most young kids will remember how their family home felt during the coronavirus coronavirus panic more than anything specific about the virus let me read that again most young kids will remember how their family home felt during the coronavirus panic more than anything specific about the virus and so let this be a time where your kids can look back and they can they can see how you respond to uncertainty let, let this be a time where your kids can see how you respond to stress. Lead them by example and teach them how to be resilient and how not to panic and, and how you can trust in the Lord and how our hope is in Him. So I hope that you would use this as an excuse to, um, to unite together. This is a time would be great for you to, to call your mom, call your dad, and, and share with them uh, as we go live week after week after week. And hopefully it won't be too many weeks, but this is a time where you can, you can ask. Maybe you have a, a brother who's not connected with the Lord. You have a sister or you have a, a relative. This is a great time to invite them to be a part of our live streams. We go live on Sundays at 930 and 11, just like our, our, our worship service times. And so if, if you're a LifePoint owner, I want to say this. If you, if you, if you come to LifePoint and, and LifePoint is not just, you're not just trying out churches. You're not just following us online. LifePoint is your church home. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because anything that we can do for our community, share the love, for example, would not happen without your willingness to give and to tithe. And so if you're a LifePoint owner, I want to, 
I want to say thank you for your faithfulness. I want to say thank you for continuing your support. If you're not used to giving online, I'm going to ask you to um, to give online. This is a time where our community uh, need and our people, some of our people are going to need some financial help. And so I'm, I'm going to ask you if you are able to contribute uh, to the ministry. Please, if you're not used to, um, you can go to our website, lifepointfc.com forward slash give and support the ministry. That would mean the world to me because I, I believe that as a church, we're going to be able to, we're going to come out of this stronger. And I believe that we're going to be able to reach people that we have not been able to reach before. So if you can be faithful in that, uh, I just want to say thank you ahead of time. And, and our church has always risen to the occasion, and I know that you will do that. Okay, so we're in Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. Listen to what God's Word has to say to you and to me. It says this, After this, the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites... And some of the Mennonites declared war on Jehoshaphat. That's a funny name, right? Jehoshaphat was the king of Israel. Now, what I want you to notice is that you have the Moabites, you have the Ammonites, they're coming from the east, okay? Then it says that the, the Edom is coming from the south. So you have the, the Dead Sea, and they're coming from south of the Dead Sea around up north, all the way up to a place called Engedi, which is sort of like the, the western shore. And if you don't quite get the geography and all that, what God is trying to tell us here is that the enemy is coming from the east, it's coming from the south, it's coming up north, and it's surrounding Israel. Okay? Now look at, look at what the verse says. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon, Tamar. This was another name for Engedi. So here's, here's what God's word is saying. It's saying, a vast army is marching against you and it's coming from everywhere. I read that and I thought, you know, the same thing could be said of us. I mean, truthfully, just a few months ago, I mean, nobody expected all of this craziness to be happening. I mean, the economy was great. The stock market was, I mean, was booming. I mean, for 11 years, it was, it was going up and up and up. People were having money in their retirement accounts. I mean, there were plenty of jobs on the market. And all of a sudden, we have this pandemic in our hands. I, I mean, I just could not, like I've been keeping up with the news and, and it's just like, it feels like we're, we're fighting this invisible uh, war and we don't, and it's coming at us from every angle. I was on a cruise um, a few days ago and, you know, we love, Lee and I love cruises. Um, it's one of the few ways I can unplug and relax and I was off the grid, no internet, no cell phone. And um, I got back and it was a little bit crazy. People at the airport were wearing masks, like like it was like you see in the movies. Um, we almost couldn't get off the boat. Immigration actually closed for a few minutes. I heard that there was no toilet paper uh, and there was no hand sanitizer. I was told that banks were closing, and you know, uh, I mean, our kids' school were were canceled. I mean, uh, I had 170 texts on my phone. People asking for prayer. People worried and. For a moment, I felt like a vast army was marching against us. 
And I think that there's a little bit of truth to this. I mean, people are anxious. They're afraid. We've been, some people are shocked. They cannot believe what was going on. People are nervous. Now look in verse 3 what it says. It says, Jehoshaphat was terrified. The king of Israel, Jehoshaphat, was terrified. That's how our people are feeling. It says he was terrified by these news. He was shaken to the core. And he begged the Lord for guidance. And he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Within a, a, within a matter of days, I went from listening to the news and them saying, 200, you, know, you can't have gatherings of more than 250 people. And then within just a few minutes, they said, no gatherings over 50 people. And then I was like, wow, it's getting real. You know, from 250 to, to, to 50, I mean, I just could not believe it. And then within a few hours, no gatherings larger than 10 people. And I, I'll be honest with you, I was, when I was listening to the news, there was a moment where, where if I can just be on, vulnerable with you, there was a moment where I almost, I, I almost panicked a little bit. I mean, I got sick to my stomach and I was thinking, man, this is going to hurt some of our church people. I mean, some of our people are not going to have, I mean, this is, this, they're going to lose their jobs and we got to figure out a way to help them and maybe buy groceries for them. And, and I'll be honest, for a moment, and, I, and I, I didn't tell anybody, I didn't share with anyone, but for a moment in my heart and in my mind and in my spirit, I felt like, God, what, what's going on? I mean, because it, it was, things were changing so rapidly. And I don't know how you deal with fear. I, I don't know if for you is, you know, you wake up in the morning with dread about what's about to happen. Um, you know, what's next, right? I mean, you're dealing with the economy, jobs, savings, retirement. I don't know if you're worrying about, uh, if you have fear about um, the money, money or, you know, jobs that you may not have or that you may have lost. Or I don't know if, if, um, if you're dealing with insecurities, you know, some of you, uh, the way you're dealing with the virus kind of brings a little bit of insecurity and you're wondering, you know, how people are going to judge you and how they're going to perceive you because you're trying to stay away from people and you're, you're thinking, I wonder what they're saying behind my back. Or some of you, it may be um, you're anxious about a relative and how they're going to do in this time. And for some of you, the, the fear is failure or maybe being rejected by other people. Or you're anxious about uh, the future. I mean, we can have fears about almost anything. There are phobias for any event, for any circumstance in your life. And so the question that I'm asking myself is, how do we turn fear into faith? How do you, how do we, you know, when, when we find ourselves in storms that we cannot control, we cannot manipulate, how do we respond to those areas, uh, to those situations, to those circumstances in faith? And as I was reading scripture, uh, I knew that God was giving me a message to share with you. And what you do when you find yourself in storms where you cannot manipulate things, you cannot control things, what you do is you do, you, you do what Jehoshaphat did. Look in verse 3 one more time. It says that he begged the Lord for guidance. He begged the Lord 
for guidance. I have one point for us today. Fear should be the trigger that gets you to run towards God. Let, let me say that again. Fear, that, that anxiety that sometimes, sometimes we have in moments like this should be the trigger that, to, that gets you to run towards God. It's kind of like when people that, I don't know, maybe struggle with anger issues. Sometimes they'll have triggers. You know, something happens. You know, I know sometimes people that have PTSD. Uh, you know, they, they've been to war. They've been, you know, they've faced some difficult trauma. Something happens and it's a trigger. And it's an, it triggers them into like a negative reaction. Okay? Let fear be a reminder to put your faith and your trust in the Lord. It's like like smoke. Smoke can trigger a fire alarm. Let fear be the trigger that propels you towards God. Does that does that make sense? Let me put it like this. There's a verse. If you want something to maybe write down, I think this is a great verse. Psalm 56 verse 3. It says this, but when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. But when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. It's let fear be the trigger to propel you towards God. So let's say you're having a a bad week. You're anxious. You're discouraged. You're depressed. You're stressed out. You say, I don't really, um, I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like, you know, we're going to have virtual life groups. By the way, if you're not in a life group, I don't want to encourage you to join a life group. Um, I don't want to go to that. Plus, we're not, you know, and, and you come up with all kinds of reasons why you're not going to read your Bible or pray or, or gather uh, virtually and right now. And, and, and it's those times when you need it the most. You are having surgery and you're on the table and uh, they're, you know, the doctors and nurses are looking at you and you're ready to have surgery and there's nothing that you can do. And you feel like you're totally, you're totally out of control. You know what you're supposed to do? Let fear, let that anxiety be the trigger to drive you to trust in God. Verse 4. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem, watch this, to seek the Lord's help. To what? To seek the Lord's help. They allowed their fear to be a trigger to trigger them into seeking the Lord's help. And so here's, here's my challenge over the next few weeks. It is vital. I don't think that, that I've ever preached a message that is more important than the message that I'm trying to communicate to you today. I don't think in my lifetime there's ever been a time where this is more important. You have to do whatever it takes to stay connected, spiritually speaking. You have to do whatever it takes to stay connected to your church, to stay connected to other believers in Christ. This is a spiritual warfare. And just, you know, like you can't see the stupid virus, right? You can't smell it. You can't, you know, you can't see it. You know, it's not visible to the naked eye. You, you can't touch it. But it's definitely affecting all of us. 
in the same way in our world, we, we live in two realms. There's a spiritual realm, there's a physical realm. And in the same way, this spiritual realm is extremely important. And so you may not be able to see it. You may not be able to touch it. You may not be able to to taste it. But it definitely affects the physical realm. So, So listen to the challenge that I'm putting out. Stay connected. How are you going to do that? Well, we're going to have virtual life groups. Um, there's going to be a link. Uh, if you are not a part of our life group, this is a great time to join. You can talk to Pastor Tommy. You can send me a, a, a text or a message. But go to our website, lifepointfc.com forward slash life groups. Let me say that again. Lifepointfc.com forward slash life groups. Stay connected. If you're not in a life group, join one. If you have kids, teach them to seek the Lord's help. Take advantage of, we're putting a lot of our resources online, so take advantage of our Kids Point experience that's going to go live at the end of the message. We'll give you a few minutes, but gather your kids, let them get a few snacks, and, and bring them together and teach them to seek the Lord's help, just like Jehoshaphat taught his people to do. How else can you stay connected? You can seek the Lord's help by doing what you're doing right now. Joining us as we go live on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and 11. Uh, One last way that you can do it, you can unite in prayer on our Facebook Live. So every week, we we did it on Wednesday at 6, I think, yeah, it was 6 o'clock this last Wednesday, um, we have a Facebook Live time of prayer that we're going to do at, at least once a week, every week. Follow us on Facebook. Join us. It's a great time to connect. It's a great time. Uh, just this morning, I was praying for um, for all of you. And so it's a great time to connect. Our families need it. Our community needs our prayers. Our country and our leaders need it. So do not underestimate the power of prayer. Okay, let's wrap things up. Uh, four more verses and we'll, I'll, I'll go real quick. We're going to look at the, the second part of the story next week, but I just want to read four more verses um, and then we'll be done. This doesn't get any more practical. Okay, like I cannot, like you cannot get any more practical than this. If you want to know how to turn fear and anxiety and doubt and your questions and worry into faith, listen to the next few verses that we're going to read, starting in verse five. This is, this is, this will help you. If you're dealing with fear and anxiety, this, I promise you, this is, this is a proven method. What God's teaching us here, I have personally tested this and I know that it works. So listen carefully. Verse 5. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, You alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? Did did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? 
Your people settle here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced, listen to this, with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. I was thinking, in the middle of this war, remember the enemy is coming from the east, from the south, from the west, is surrounding them. And in my mind, I was thinking, how in the world can they, in the middle of this attack, how can they stop to pray this prayer? This is how. They put their faith not on what God could do for them, but they put their faith on who God is. You get that? They put their faith not on how God could stop the enemy and how God could, the, you know, the miracles of, no, no, no. They put their faith on who God is. And I think the same could be said of us. During these difficult times, our faith does not need to be on what God can do for us. Our faith is not whether God can, you know, get rid of the virus or not. No, no, no. Because a lot of times when we do that, we're playing games with God. And we say, okay, God, if you do this for me, if you give me a job, then I'll serve you. And we bribe God into things. Our faith needs to be in who He is. Our faith needs to be, our foundation is not based on what God can do for us. It is based on who our God is. Let me break it down. It says this, Our Lord, God of our ancestors. In other words, you're the beginning and the end. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You are eternal. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have never failed. You will never fail. You are the God of our ancestors. That's who you are. That's who we worship. They said, they said this, You alone are the God who is in heaven. You are sovereign. You're greater. Your ways are greater than my ways. Your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. They said, you're powerful and mighty. Whenever we are, we're faced with any calamity, such as, as, as war and plague or famine, we want to come and stand in your presence because it's who you are that we worship. Our faith is based on who you are, not on what you can do for us. When your faith is based on what He can do for you, you play games with God. When your faith is based on who He is, then you recognize what He says in Scripture, Philippians 4.19, But my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches. But my God will supply all my needs according to His riches. I'm thankful it's according to His riches, not my riches. According to His strength, according to His abilities, according to His provision, not mine. I don't have to come up with those. I'm thankful that I have a God who promised me, that promises me to take care of me. When, when you put your faith in, in who God is, then you can, 
you, you take um, verses like Romans 8.31, if God is for us, then who can ever be against us? Uh, Isaiah 54.4, do not fear, for you will not be put to shame. You will not be disgraced, because our God is bigger than our circumstances. Isaiah 54.17, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And so, friend, I want you to let the circumstances of our days and let the anxiety and the fear be a trigger for you to run towards God. Get on your knees. Gather your family. Let your faith be based not on what God can do. Yes, He can get rid of this virus. Absolutely. He can provide whatever He needs you have. He can just, in a moment, He can provide that for you. But we worship Him because of who He is, not what He can do for us. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for our community. Let's bow for a word of prayer. God, thank you so much that you are holy, that you are eternal. God, thank you so much that that you are faithful and true, that you are good to us. God, thank you for your, your patience for us. When we lose hope, when we doubt, when we worry, God, thank you that, that you are long-suffering. And God, I pray right now that we would trust in a God who never runs out of resources, a God who's eternal. We would praise and worship a God who, is, who never changes who is always with us. And God, I pray that we would, that in times like this, we would recognize that you are omniscient. You know it all. That you are uh, 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 omnipresent. You are everywhere. You're omnipotent. You're all-powerful. God, I pray that in moments like this, we would recognize, we would come to grips with your holiness. And we would understand that you are a just God that we would recognize your love and that you, like, you're almost fanatical about us. That's how much you sent your son to die for us. That's how much you love us. And so in times like this, Father, may we run to you. May fear be a trigger that propels us to your presence, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.